Thank God it's Friday, and thank God it's the Week 9 Fantasy Football Slate coming at you. We say cheers to it all with our start sits and sleepers on today's program. So kick back, enjoy, and let the good vibes in. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check a style line, see who's up, that over-under hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you, but they don't. Just one thing to say, yeah, but they don't know Something they hadn't seen, I'm off that mean Joe Green It got me fading between, yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast All right, all right. It is November 3rd, 2023, and we have made it to the month of the pilgrims and the month of fantasy football quitters everywhere. This is the In Between <laughs> Fantasy Football Podcast, one of the realest and maybe one of the shittiest programs on the entire internet right now. I am Seth Wilcock. I am tired. I am wired, but I am joined by my great co-host today, a man who fucks with tall beers, short running backs, and big paydays, baby. That's Eric Romoff, a.k.a. Tex, a.k.a. Summertime Eric. Eric, how we doing, pal? Man, three for three on the intro. I am here for all three of those things. Getting me hyped up for this game. We got to see another uh, another weird down-to-the-wire finish for your lures. We'll talk yes, about sir. that later, but week nine's here, man. I can't. I, I couldn't be more excited about it. I agree. We are in the thick of the fantasy football season right now. And we're at the time of the year where I got to stay stop just like saying yes to stuff. I just got to say, no, I'm not doing it. Social <laughs> obligations. Don't contact me because tomorrow I got a baby shower. Got to drive like two hours for that. Whoa. And then Sunday morning, got to wake up. I'm going out to my alma mater for a young uh, alumni award dinner banquet on Sunday. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking committing Whoa, to this dude. stuff? Because the weekend's here honored? now. No, 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 I'm not being honored. I, I just sit there and uh, I'm one of the table hosts. So no words for the kid quite yet. Um, but like, what was I thinking, man? You know, like like now I got to go across the state twice this week and it, fantasy football is ripping. NASCAR is coming to a close and there's not enough time in the day for everything. Yeah, there's there's really not. And this is this is an affliction that I also carry. <laughs> yeah. right? I, I, I take the I take like the improv approach where someone brings me something and I'm like, yes, and um and it, it it leads to uh these were pretty big workload pretty full calendar by the time we get to the middle point of the season but honestly like i i wouldn't have it any other way right this is the fun part of it it absolutely is and we are jam-packed on the program today as well thursday night football recap coming at you in a minute and then start sits with our guy jl garofolo from fyf excited to sit down with him at 215 for some start sits and then sure thing sleepers of the week I've been getting absolutely ripped in short things sleepers last two weeks. Been getting burned. Got 9.7 from Cam Akers last week. Needed 10. And the week before, Desmond Ritter was a locked and loaded quarterback one. If he doesn't fumble the ball in the end zone once himself and one straight line. So we're going to straighten that out today 
on the show, get back on the right side of things. I just want to say thank you to everyone in the chat, everyone uh, who's a part of this IBT family with us. As we mentioned, NASCAR season kind of wrapping down, but we're still ripping full send with the fantasy football and PGA content. And of course, all the lifestyle stuff. Easiest way to support us here, subscribe to the channel, like this video if you enjoy this type of content, and check out our site, man. We have a lot of articles and columns coming for you every single week. Looks like we got Albert back in the chat ready to go today. What's up, Albert? Good afternoon to you man uh and, and let's just go ahead and jump into it here eric and talk about my lures and uh, another comeback form here on thursday night football week number nine sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do give it a chance you'll be begging for more save the spot just for you we're all somewhere in between i've got you come to the just place try to have some fun ain't gotta worry about something not what it means come and give me another cause the night is young at least i so thought this just hit breaking news front and center yeah, baby, the Lurs, they come out with it 20 to 16 over the Titans. And I, I got to be honest, man, it didn't look great for the Lurs in the get go. Kenny Pickett, kind of a rough day for him, 19 for 30 uh, for 160. Will Levis looked pretty good in his second start, all things considered, 22 for 39, 252, and uh, one interception for Levis on the day. And kind of a back-and-forth fun affair, I thought, here, Eric, heading into the weekend. Uh, only one turnover, but 17 penalties. So kind of a back-and-forth mixture of a bag we got here uh, just on the uh, other side of Halloween. Man, shout-out. Mike Tomlin got these guys out there not blinking. Yeah. Look, I I, I know I know you're a Lurs fan, but realistically, like top to bottom, all 53, these Steelers rosters over the last few years, this year included, mm-hmm. are not the best. Like they are league average, probably below league average at best. And Coach Tomlin's got these boys out there playing. And and look, like this this game that your that your Steelers managed to eke out there at the end, like this is the type of game that they win, right? You you look at their wins and they're usually pretty gross. There's there's typically some yeah. turnovers. There's usually some heroics on the defensive or special team side that ultimately, you know, win the day for them. And look, Coach Tomlin and, and your boys are are not scared about, you know, squeaking squeaking out a close one, right? Certainly. So now all of a sudden they're right in the mix in terms of the playoff picture, which feels weird to say. Um, but, you know, is is kind of a bumpy road in, in terms of getting there. Yeah, 100%. I I think they always kind of show up at the end of these games and they are not that talented uh, top to bottom, but when you have high-end players like Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Cameron Hayward, and and of course, TJ Watt on this defense, like I think you're always in the mix to do something great. And that's what we saw here on Thursday night. I want to chat about Will Levis before we get to the weekend starters. And this is a guy, man, like I I love the poise in the pocket from Will Levis. But he still looked like a rookie at times. He missed D-hop twice by kind of dropping his eyes, trying to take the check down uh, to Spears and Henry rather than taking that deep shot. That's going to happen with, with a young guy here. He has played a decent amount of college ball, but we can't forget, only two years at Kentucky. Before that, he didn't see much time uh, out here in Happy Valley either for, for the Nittany Lions there. So 
there are some some growth growth spurts and uh, some bumps in the road to come for Will Levis here, Eric. But I, I think all things point to at least him being the starter. Hopefully, the rest of the way, um, he, he's looked at least comparable, more comparable than Ryan Tannehill this season. I mean, that's not exactly a high bar, right? Like Ryan no, Tannehill, no, no, not at all. Been, <laughs> kind of been over the over the hill, and you know, a, a little little indecisive late on his his ball delivery, right? So like. All this is to say, like I think, I think it's you know, time, if not well past time, that Ryan Tannehill, um, yeah. you know, be be moved on from in terms of this offense. And and yeah, you know, to to your point, like Will Levis has shown us uh, at least enough to where I I think we should and will see him announced as the starter for the rest of the season here shortly. Right, obviously he didn't come out and have the uh, the same prolific game that he did Certainly in his not. debut, but. I mean, look, your your Lurs defense, like that's no slouch, right? He he saw pressure in last night's game that he he certainly didn't in in the week prior, and and he he did enough. I mean, he had his his interception that's come with rookie quarterbacks, you know, when they're in their early starts. But I, I feel like he handled the pressure pressure well. He was able to get the ball out on time. He he made some throws from an arm talent standpoint that you know Ryan Tannehill and to a lesser yes. extent uh, Malik Willis certainly cannot, right? Um, so there's there's a lot to work with here, right? Like it's it's gonna have its ups and its downs, but I I think I think the offense as a whole is more effective with with Will Levis under under center, and we'll see we'll see how he develops down down the stretch run of the season. Hundred uh, percent. I just want to crack open the weekend starters, and I'm still looking for a name for these guys. These are like the shower beers of the weekend. It's like they kind of get you going. They're the pregame to it all. You had fun if you played them, and you're happy going into the weekend. Deontay Johnson seven for ninety and one. Been great to see him back on the field. It's kind of come to George Pickens' demise a little bit, which has been a bummer. Um, and then the backs, they, they got going here in Pittsburgh. Jalen Warren, 11 for 88, 3 for 25 through the air. He looked explosive. Absolutely trucked a motherfucker. I don't know if you saw that, Eric, but that was like one of my favorite things of the entire season, seeing that from Jalen Warren. And then Najee, you know, kind of had himself a little bit of a game as well. 16 for 69, got bailed out by the touchdown. How do you feel about the Steelers running backs moving forward? Because they're not hot commodities. We're not trading for them. No one wants to trade for them if you have them now. But like, I, I feel like they're you know plug and play, low end RB twos rest of the way. Yeah, that's that's the best way to put it, right? Like, um, you know these these are guys that are going to be kind of on flex radar week in and week out. Um, I will dissent towards your other point, which is I have traded for a ton of Najee Harris because he is free. I've literally thrown in as an afterthought in other deals that I've, I've been working and look like for however, you know, ineffective or inefficient he might be for however more explosive and somehow able to truck opposing linebackers, despite his stature, Jalen yeah. Morton might like Najee Harris is going to be on the field, right? You know, 40, 45, 55% of the time. So, you know, a guy that's got that kind of role that can still catch out of the backfield will get some, some uh, some goal line opportunities as we saw last night. Like he's he's going to hold some value. So you know these are guys that both should absolutely continue to be rostered. But it might be hard to do now that he found the end zone last yeah. night. Yep. If you can go out and get Najee Harris for pennies on the dollar. Like do it. It's it's hard to find running backs that are going to get a dozen or so touches a week, even if they're inefficient like Najee Harris is. And in a Matt Canada offense, for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you with this question, Eric. Rest of season, DeAndre Hopkins, four for 60 in this one, or George Pickens. 
didn't get his feet in bounds. We usually see this guy make pretty acrobatic touchdowns. He didn't quite get, get this one down. Uh, two receptions, negative one yard for him. Who do you want rest of the season? Uh, of the two, I'll I'll go with with Hopkins. Um, Nuke. Look, I mean the 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 thing the the knock against him up until last week was he's going to get all the volume, but it's going to be inefficient and near the line of scrimmage and not delivered on time. And a lot of those concerns are alleviated with Ryan Tannehill not under center, right? So, you know the the volume will you know will will certainly bounce back. We've probably seen his best game of the year with the hat trick. I think that's fair yeah. to say. But if if nothing else, like he is he is you know option one, two, and three in the pecking order here in Tennessee, and with with Will Levis under center, we know that he's he's going to have more downfield opportunity than we saw through the the early parts of the season. So I'll I'll go with Nuke here, right? Obviously, Pickens now has to contend with Deontay Johnson yep. eating yep. into his target volume, which is you know it's, it's going to make him hard to trust. He's gonna he's gonna boom and bust. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's good to see double-digit targets for Nuke once again here. Um, seeing some people filter in here. Uh, go ahead and drop your questions for us. We'll go ahead and get to those in just a second. All right, though, Eric, I think that about does it for the Thursday Night Football Recap. Let's help the people out today in matchup management. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? We tell you in matchup management. And we are joined by a very special guest. This guy has a huge fucking brain. One of my favorite human beings in the business. The founder of Front Yard Fantasy. The CTO of BDGE. That's a lot of letters for a great man. He's the big dog. JL Garofolo. What's up, JL? That was quite an intro, Seth. I loved it. What's up, boys? Good to see you. <laughs> Hey, good to see you, man. How are the vibes heading into week number nine of the fantasy football season? The vibes are great. I feel like everybody else starting to lose their steam. I'm just gaining steam. There we go. Hopefully you like the guy. Hopefully like the Clemson Tigers here. Uh, oh, don't don't you dare bring them up right now, Seth. <laughs> don't don't you dare. This is the week, right? This is the bounce back oh. spot. Am I right? Yeah, I've, your guess is as good as mine, Seth. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I appreciate you being here with us either way, JL. How's the season been for you guys up at BGGE and over at FYF? The season has been fantastic. Yeah, uh, FYF, we are, both of them, we are chugging along. All right, all right. Yeah, I feel you, man. We're kind of in the in the part of the season. I don't think we get much sleep. Eric and I were kind of running on empty today, but we always get up and uh, get out here for the IBT family. So we got Jay in the chat. What's up, Jay? Good to see you today, man. Saying question, boxers or briefs? I don't think I've ever wore boxers in my life. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Maybe that's TMI. I've always been a briefs guy. JL, are, are you a boxers guy or are you a briefs guy? I am a boxers guy. There was a point in college where I I went on a little brief stint. Okay. Because I was, I guess, feeling myself. I don't, <laughs> can't really tell you exactly why. But no, it just wasn't, wasn't as comfortable. Okay. I always felt like boxers just like with jeans always just got you know too much action going on too much fabric down there eric where, where do you stand on this uh highly debatable question from jay man i don't even get to break the tie because the correct answer is the hybrid it's the boxer brief Beefs. right you get the best of, you get the best of both <laughs> worlds 
That is true. That maybe I oh. maybe I'm a boxer briefs guy. I guess I don't know the difference between boxer briefs and I was and just briefs. about to, I was just about to say I was picturing boxer briefs the whole time that we were talking. Yeah, I, just, you, I assumed that both you guys were out there rocking like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> the way like you were four years old. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, JL, let's talk about this. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. In that scenario, then Eric, you were just sitting there imagining that I had a brief whitey tidy stint during college. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a weird turn to take in college. Like that usually makes sense. people, that makes sense. You, usually people play that hand by the time they're like five, six years old. But, you know, no, I got to find it later late, in life. I'm not late bloomer, yeah. <laughs> So do whitey ca- tighties, those count as, as briefs? Is that those, what we're those saying? Are br- I think those are like OG briefs. That is briefs. the definition oh, of a brief. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I don't wear briefs, folks. Sorry. Don't want to <laughs> Don't want to put that energy out there. Boxer like briefs. Dry, sweet, speedo. <laughs> I, I was on a swim team for a minute, so I did, did rock a, a, a speedo Whoa. here or there. Uh, the, Jay saying the correct answer is none. Trick Ayo. question. We appreciate you being here, Jay. Uh, let's talk about this week nine slate here jail because not only do we have a shit ton of teams on by but we also have just all these injuries impacting fantasy teams i want to start up in new england demario douglas kind of the hot name of the week where does he fall for you this week uh in, in a week we don't have kendrick Bourne out for the season with the acl no Devonte parker how are we feeling about uh the day three rookie for the new england patriots normally i'd be like all right we have a, a flex wide receiver talent at best here in new England. And yeah. I would be staying far away, but the more I dig into this situation in new England, I think there's, there's a, a ton of short term, short term opportunity for Mario Douglas in this offense because they're passing a ton. And the matchup is really good from this week going against Washington, which has given up I think the second most points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. So I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in Mario Douglas this, this week. I don't, the Patriots always have a weird game plan. They're going to yes. come in like you don't expect, especially when they have a when they're down on personnel. But I think he's a fine flex play this week. Eric, are you willing to roll out Douglas here? And I'm with JL. It's always a bit sketchy to know what the Patriots are going to do. Um, but they should be able to attack Washington, who no Mon- Montez Sweat now and no Chase Young after dishing them at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like the commanders were offering much resistance on the defensive side as it was, and yeah. then they ship off easily their two best players, right? So definitely a good matchup. You know, where where I'll disagree, at least with your sentiment, is uh, with the concept of not knowing what the Patriots are going to do. Now that old butt chin, Billy O'Brien, is back up there, we know exactly what they're going to do, and that's throw the ball. Mac Jones is number 13 in pass attempts this season, and, you know, by hook or by crook, Mario Douglas is kind of the last man standing, right? So we've we've seen his you know his role in this offense continue to expand over the last two weeks. Uh, you know, season slash career highs in snap share, sixty one percent in week seven, seventy nine percent in week eight. He's seeing those targets that you know typically come along with that. So yeah, you know there are a number of injuries or a number of bye weeks that people are navigating. So Douglas is as fine a replacement as you're likely going to get out there. Glad to hear that because I dropped a shit ton of fab on him this week. I just kind of needed a, a, spart, uh, a, a spot start in a couple of places. So hopefully Douglas fills in there for us. Looks like we got Didi in the chat. What's up, Didi? Thanks so much for making time for us on your Feel Good Friday. I want to move down to your boys in the South, Eric, the Houston Texans. Devin Singletary likely to garner the start with no Damian Pierce. I still think it's gross. I don't think I want any part of it. Um, can you... The, the the guy who backed Damian Pierce 
like a fucking wolf this summer, man. Like, like, like you, you were the leader of that pack. And can you get behind Singletary in a spot start? I can. Yeah. What, uh, what's not mentioned in that lead in is not only was I the leader of the Damian Pierce pack, but I was also (laughs) very quick to turn tail and run as we saw (laughs) Devin Singletary start to start to get more involved in this offense. Right. So my, my argument for Pierce at the time was to do with volume. And now that it looks like Damian Pierce is very much so in doubt for this week, that volume shifts over to Devin Singletary, who has looked like the more effective runner, at least in this this system, right? Like the the way that he runs, you know, it fits into this zone blocking scheme a little bit more naturally than what Pierce does. And he 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 should get his opportunity this week, right? The the Tampa Bay defense is still tough against the run. They're not like all timers like they've had been in in recent mm-hmm. memory, but you know that that volume is is going to uh, account for something, and I I think we see Devin Singletary you know really really make the most of this opportunity. So he's not he's not a huge priority, right? I'm not moving him into like my top fifteen at the position or anything like that. But if you know if we're talking about a guy that you need to fill in for a bye week replacement, if you mm-hmm. are the Damian Pierce owner, you know very much so he is he is a great way to bridge that gap. Is there juice here, JL? Do you think there's juice here? Because I'm just skeptic after, like, I was all in on Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary last year to, or last week to smash against the Carolina Panthers. We didn't see it. Do we see it here against Tampa Bay, allowing just about 3.9 yards per carry this season? Yeah, I think Eric laid out all the the nuance of this decision perfectly here. With I, I view him very similarly to Demario Douglas in that he has an opportunity this mm-hmm. week. The usage for Singletary has gone up. I think the last like three or four weeks, we've seen around 40% of the carries go to Singletary. Without Damian Pierce there, I can can assume it's likely to go up. And then the part that really, I think, adds to it here that Eric didn't mention is, is how I think this game is going to go, which is I think, I think Tampa and the Texans are going to have to battle this game out. I think it, it's going to be tough for one of them to get a lead. Mm-hmm. And I think they're gonna have to rely on the run. And so I do I think Singletary is gonna get opportunities in this game. So I'd be willing to start him. I'm just like a little less bullish than I am on the upside when you compare it to, to a player like Demario Douglas. Okay, I like it, man. Here we got a uh, question from Ricky Double A in the chat. Scary Terry versus New England, Jacoby Myers versus the Giants with a backup quarterback, Tyler Lockett versus your Baltimore Ravens, JL, and then Hollywood Brown against Cleveland. You gotta sit one. Who is it? Jacoby, Jacoby Myers, sit in. Is it just Aiden O'Connell? You're not trusting the, the the backup quarterback for him. It's not just it's not just the backup quarterback situation. It's the the coaching staff is gone. Yeah, like they they had to entire like they had to replace them. Uh, Jacoby Myers could come out and look fantastic, but there are so many new variables all at once going from one week to another. It's hard for me to sit there and be like, all right, Jacoby Myers is gonna like he's gonna give you what what he's been giving you in the past when everything has changed. Yeah, man, th- th- that's tough, Eric. We haven't really got gotten to talk about Josh McDaniels kind of leaving this program out there. Um, how do you feel about Jacoby this week? Is he your sit here and rest of season? What's the outlook? Yeah, I mean, rest of season is is gonna be kind of hard to say, right? Like the. <laughs> The Raiders took like the most elementary approach to this possible. They're just like, everything that we're doing isn't working. So let's do yeah. the opposite. Everyone's gone. <laughs> like whatever we high. were doing before, just just come try, try the opposite. <laughs> so 
there's there's a couple things at play. You know, Jacoby Myers, his involvement in this offense was one of the things that's working, right? So, like, if we do the whole, like, opposite side of the coin thing, maybe we see that, you know, start to, you know, uh, trend back towards his his median projection a bit. But the, you know, specifically in the context of of this decision for this week, I actually think I'm going to sit down Hollywood Brown. He is Ooh. also very likely looking at a rookie quarterback in Clayton Toon starting. Well, at least we don't have definitive word out of Arizona yet. And he's facing against he's facing off against a Cleveland team that has been putting the clamps on receivers this year. So, you know, for for me, it's it's more of a matchup consideration. I do wholly agree that. We're probably looking at more of the dumpster fire circumstance with the Raiders, but at least that dumpster fire is going against a good matchup in the Giants secondary. So I'll I'll sit Hollywood of this lot. Wow, this one is so tough. A lot of the times I, I go to like yeah. just what is the overall point total in this and maybe try to p- pick the the game with the higher point total. I mean, they're almost dead even. It's 37 and 38. They're both not very appealing games. From a betting perspective, though, JL, is there any value in betting the Raiders this week? I mean, they're, they're favorites. They're favorites against the Giants coming in at home. But how many times have we seen, like, Jeff Saturday last year took over the Colts. They went out and just hung one on a couple teams right away. Like, sometimes this motivates the locker room. Are you buying that narrative here uh, as a point-and-a-half favorites right now? I think the other aspect of, of that, or the reason that that sometimes happens is that these teams have all this data that they're making decisions from. And when you s- suddenly switch up uh, what that data is based off of, in this yeah. case, you know, who's making the decisions on the team and the, the, who's on the team, then you all of a sudden these defenses have to adjust <laughs> what they thought. This, oh, this offense is really good at this because they have this coach or the, these players. They have to now adjust to suddenly there's a new person making decisions and I need to try and anticipate this new person's decisions in order to do my job well. And so there's absolutely a chance that that happens. Mm-hmm. I think there's also a chance that the, the Giants defense shows up and, and shuts down this uh, this Raiders offense because they've looked good at times. They've they looked have. really good at times. Uh, so maybe this is one of those games where they do show up. I'm going to say, uh, just to kind of round out Ricky's question here, I'm going to go with JL. I'm going to say I'm going to sit Jacoby Myers. I know we don't know a lot about Clayton Toon and what he could do down there in Arizona, but he's at least the number one for Clayton Toon, Hollywood is, rather than the number two for Aiden O'Connell. So I think that's where I go uh, with that question. But a great one, and good luck to you this weekend, Ricky. Here's Tingley in the chat. Start Flowers or Lockett. So I'm going to go back to you, JL. Same game. Who are you feeling here? The Seahawks offense has not really gotten going so far this season. Tyler Lockett, though, had a really nice week eight. Yeah, Lockett... He is he's one of the more consistent fantasy wide receivers. And so what I expect from him, it's going to be that middle range, that middle range, that wide receiver two area. I got to lean Zay Flowers here, though, because he has shown us all season so far is that he's got that upside Uh, this week going up against Seattle. I think the the Ravens have no trouble uh, putting points on the board. So, uh, yeah, I'll go Zay Flowers. Okay. How do you feel, Eric? Because I, I don't know if I'm as optimistic a, about the matchup with Seattle just because this is a secondary kind of starting to get into form. Breek Wollins getting healthy. D- Devon Witherspoon, I mean, this guy is an absolute stud. I think we knew that coming out of Illinois, but to, to see him play these different positions for that Seattle secondary, is that scary at all? Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that Seattle secondary has improved, um, but they've improved from a point where they were largely a turnstile to where they're now 
somewhat competitive, right? Like they're still eighth in the league in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. And Zay Flowers has been a revelation in this in this Baltimore offense, right? Like 28% target share, just completely getting a ton of volume, but also way up there in terms of yards after catch, in terms of missed tackle rate, right? So like he's getting the volume that you want to see with your floor, but when that ball gets into his hands, he can do a lot with it and, you know, bring a fair amount of, of upside too. So I'm, I'm going Zay Flowers of the two, but candidly, these guys are five spots apart on my ranking. So it's, it's a pretty close call. All right. It's a sweep for me as well. Here's Derek with one. Adam Thielen, uh, DeAndre Swift for James Cook and Puka Nakua making a little trade here on a Friday. Always a good time to, to, to get a trade done on a Friday heading in the weekend, JL. But can, can you do this? Because I feel like Thielen and Swift are both guys. I don't know if you're ever going to get fair value of just because of the perceived negative connotations that come with the, these players. Are you getting fair value here? You think? Yeah, absolutely. Puka Nakua and James Cook. Well, this this feels like the type of trade uh, that you make when your your league mate is really attached to those names, right? They know Thielen, they know Swift, but Puka Nakua had a just a absurd start to his rookie season here. James Cook's been decent as well. Uh, Thielen, I think he's going to be consistent in that offense. He's going to he's certainly the number one, but I think that offense is going to change as the season goes on, and I think teams are going to be able to most likely just shut down Thielen uh, towards the end of the season there. So I'm happily making this trade. I think this is upgrade. Fresh legs. He's saying no old fuckers for me, JL. Eric, I don't want to say you're an old fucker, but I think you're a little older than me. Damn. Maybe a year. I think you're a little older than JL as well. So are you leaning with, with <laughs> Are you leaning with the uh, grizzled vet here in Thielen? Or are you taking the young bucks as well? I think I'm actually going with the uh, with the grizzled vet side, right? Wow, we, uh, old head. We we olds, we got to stick together. <laughs> um, look for for me, it's it's a bit more about safety and their projected floor, right? Like, yes, Thielen is going to get more and more attention from opposing defenses, but I mean, it's it's not like he broke out last week, right? Like, teams have been trying to find a way to neutralize him for the better part of this season, and both he and Swift have a cleaner projection towards volume, right? So like in any given week, there are going to be plenty of times where I would look to start Nakua or Cook over either of these two guys. But if we talk about the remaining, whatever, 10 or so weeks of the season, you know, these these are going to be guys that are going to have a much safer midpoint. And that's usually the direction I, I lean whenever I'm considering these trades. I wish I could give better analysis, but I think you guys laid it out very well. And this is one, like, I almost think you have to pick, like, what players do you want to root for more here? Because in my opinion, Puka is the best player in this trade. You are downgrading a little bit to Thielen, I think, but the upgrade is is present with Swift over James Cook. So it's it's really a head turner there. It's really a head scratcher as well, Derek. So hopefully we were able to lay a little bit of the case out. JL, any any final thoughts on on this one as we kind of close the door for Derek? Yeah, so the the point Eric made there is really good. And I think the way that I would the way that I actually make decisions in my trades is take that point, which he said, which is like, those guys are more likely to give you that, that middle density of, of options of ranges. And if that is what you, is, if that's going to make your team better, that strategy go that route, because I, I will make that decision. If my, if it makes sense for my team and my roster mm-hmm. construction and knowing the difference between looking at these trades in just a vacuum versus applying them in your league is really what separates a great from just the good fantasy players. 
Yeah, great point, man. Every league has some different nuances going on there. Looks like we got the FIF channel in the chat. This show should be called Three Great Sweaters. I haven't, I haven't worn this shirt. I'm going to be honest, in like a year and a half. I didn't like the fit of it a couple years ago. I've lost some weight since then. So like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident today. So I don't know who, who's behind the FIF channel over here, but thank you for making my day. Could it makes be me anyone. feel good. Oh, is it you, JL? Are you, are you doing it right now? It's not me. My hands are right here. <laughs> Looks like they're saying, oops, this is totally wasn't Joey logged into the company account. 100% Simon. Simon later. <laughs> we appreciate Simon you, Simon. Simon sweaters. Yes, he does. Uh, we got Ricky saying, Jamal Williams, Roshan Johnson, or Miles Sanders, half PPR, boys. Pick one. Wow. Wow. This is a... Uh, we had some great options in that first question there, Ricky. We're really at the bottom of the barrel here. Is there? How do you stomach this one, Eric? Because I don't think I want to put any of these guys in my lineup. Um, it's it's kind of a hold your your nose and plug and play. Yeah, I don't want to pick one of these. Um, for I mean, I, I'm assuming that you have to, and that's why you asked the question. Um, <laughs> for, for me, if I'm in that situation, I was just thinking. Uh, I'll, yeah, totally hypothetical here. Um, look of of this lot, I'll I'll lean Roshan Johnson. I mean, these are guys that are like ranked outside of flex territory, so you know you're you're really hoping that like one of them falls into the end zone. Um, but of this three, you know, we're we're talking about his first game back last week in week eight, but. You know, Roshan Johnson came back and he saw about 40% of snaps. He saw about 20% of the, the rush share and he ran a fair number of routes. And I think that's that's really the key here, right? Like I think Chicago is probably going to be trailing a bit in this game against the Saints. And so him out there running routes, him with his 11% target share last week, there there's at least a path to some kind of cheap garbage time PPR scoring with Roshan. So that, that's where I'll lean. I knew you were you you're a Roshan stand through and through, my friend. You you went to the well you... back to the well once again with him. JL, how how does it shake out for you here? I'm with Eric. I would I would lean Roshan here. Um and I love the point you brought up about the targets because I do think against the Saints, Chicago's gonna have to keep up. And maybe they just start doing maybe they see how good Alvin Kamara's doing and they're like, we could do that too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, watch this. <laughs> I think they'll have to. I think they'll have to lean on Roshan Johnson. And when I look at these other options, I don't feel the same way. I don't feel like like Carolina is going to have to lean on Miles Sanders to beat the Colts. They're going to have to win through the air. So that's how the Colts are likely going to win. And Jamal Williams is the same thing. Yeah, we're hearing from Ricky in the chat. Do you guys have details for Foreman versus Roshan this past week? Listen, man, this is kind of a three-headed committee at the time being. Darrington Evans even getting a little bit of a run here. Uh, former decently, I think, a day two draft pick for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he, he's wound up on this team and had a couple good days in a row. Eric, I, I know you follow, I think, this backfield a little bit closer than I do. Um, you're always pumping up one of these guys. Do you have any uh, additional analysis for Ricky here on, on what the split might be like until Khalil Herbert's back? Yeah, last week was an absolute mess, right? Like my my analysis heading into the week was Roshan Johnson just slots into the Darrington Evans, Darrington Evans role. We yeah. saw about 50% of snaps the week prior, and it was anything but. It was literally third, third, third in terms of snap share. Foreman and Roshan Johnson did see more rushing opportunity than, than Darrington Evans did, but Evans was right there neck and neck with Johnson in terms of his involvement in the pass game, right? So like... This is the this is the quintessential fantasy backfield quagmire that we generally try to avoid, right? I, I think 
we'll probably see Roshan come on a little bit more this week. But, you know, by the time we have enough of a sample to see that trend establish, here comes Khalil Herbert to just yeah. throw it all on its head, right? Yeah, 100 percent. JL, I want to get you out of here, man. uh, I know you have a show coming up here just at 3 p.m. over on the Front Yard Fantasy Channel. Um, Didn't get to say it to you earlier, man, but congratulations on the wedding. Good. uh, Good to see you finally uh, sealed the deal, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that, my friend. How how was it? Did we have Creed playing at the wedding? What was the wedding like? Yeah. What else would we have playing? (laughs) It was excellent. It was was an amazing event. Just really the best part was just seeing everybody. Hell yeah, man. Well, congrats to you and Maria over there. Thank you for joining us, man. Guys, keep the questions coming. We'll answer some more of those in short things, sleepers around the corner. But JL, first tell us how we can best support you, FYF, BGGE, and everything else you have going on this season. Yes, come check us out, Front Yard Fantasy on YouTube. Okay. 3 p.m., guys. As soon as this show's over, uh, jump over with them. They'll get your uh, Friday started uh, in a good way over there. So, JL, thank you, man. We will catch you soon. Have a great weekend, my friend. All right. Bye. Thank you. It's the short thing. And Eric, let's get into the short thing sleepers of the week. Like I said earlier on the show, man, I'm getting bent lately here. 9.7 from acres last week, just below uh, what our mark is at double digit PPR points. And the week before, I need a top 15 performance from our guy Desmond Ritter. He was in the end zone, dropped the ball. Drake London was in the end zone, dropped the ball. So I'm ready to get back here. I'm ready to win it this season. Uh, We're pretty tight in the standings. Who do you have for us as we head into week number nine? So I'm going to go to what should be one of the higher scoring games on the slate, and that is the matchup between Buffalo and Cincinnati and I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Khalil Khalil Shakir here, um, you know a player that you know very much so uh, showed what he can do in that uh, that Island game last week six for six for 92 yards, but more specifically, you know we we obviously saw Dalton Kincaid explode in that first game without um, without Dawson Knox on the field, but categorically it it also changes this offense right like Buffalo is no longer running. 12 personnel nearly as much as they were. Khalil Shakir is is the primary beneficiary. He saw a season high in snap share last week. He was out there for about two-thirds of snaps. So if they're going to be running these three receiver sets and he's going to be getting looks from Josh Allen, you know, that is absolutely the makings of of another boom week here. So like like him to get over the 10-point mark. Okay. I, I'm with you there, man. I talked about him earlier as kind of a sneaky stash after waivers ran guy. You could pretty much pick him up in free agency. And and, and I think he has a nice little, uh, little flex appeal here this week. So I'm with you there. Um, I'm going to go to Brandon Cooks for mine. And no matter what way you want to shake it out, if you're looking season long, if you're looking monthly, if you're looking last two weeks, the Eagles secondary has been trash against wide receivers. I know they made some moves to try to shore that up. I don't think that takes effect here this week because they're just leaking points to the wide receiver position, Eric. The the, the best matchup on all those fronts and uh, allowing 1.5 TDs per game, 191 yards to the position per game. And Brandon Cooks, we're not quite getting the targets we want, only eight over the last two weeks. However, he's turned that into wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 29. To to my chagrin, the Cowboys are getting better. The Cowboys are are figuring it out a little bit. And I think in a game where CeeDee Lamb is going to be covered as much as he is, like that to me 
has to be the, the focal point for the, the Philadelphia secondary. Throw a couple guys on CD Lamb, and I, I think it's going to open up things for Brandon Cooks to exploit the other half of the secondary. So fire me up some Brandon Cooks. He, he, he came through for me last week in a couple leagues, hoping he can do the same. Yeah, look, he's he's going to be out there, and we obviously saw uh, the upside of this offense last week, right? So, you know, it, it'll it'll be fringy, but with you know with with as many teams on buys, with you know navigating injuries as always, I, I think you can make a case for it, right? He he should be widely available. So if you're in a pinch, I forget which I forget which question it was, but we were talking about guys that were like in the hundreds on the rankings, right? Like mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks might be a more stable option to go slot in over some of those grosser decisions we talked about. Yep, 100%. Let's go ahead and get out of here then, Eric. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, IBT family, for being with us. If you guys enjoy the content, please subscribe to the channel and give this video a thumbs up. And head over to the website, inbetweenmedia.com. We have so much good content for you on the fantasy football front, NASCAR, PGA, DFS, and betting, and, of course, some lifestyle and entertainment content for your needs as well. Eric, uh, you got college basketball starting up on Monday. How can we best support you and your endeavors over there? Yeah, you can check us out at Green Screens Media on YouTube. Green Screens. Uh, we just cleared the 600 subscriber threshold. We've been grinding away at CBB all off season. So geared up. We're in mid-season form already. I can't believe that the season's tipping off in like three days. It's wild. Yes, if you guys want to know everything about college basketball and why you should be betting the Penn State Nittany Lions to win the national hey, championship yo. in the future, go over to Green Screens Media. Excuse check me. Eric out. There we go. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the weekend. Be safe out there and have fun. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, keep it in between.